0: G'day, listeners. Welcome to Bar Karate, the sailing podcast. My name is Jordan Spencer, and it's that time of the week where we get to hang out with some really cool sailors and unfortunately, my two idiot mates. Um, so let's bring in my colleagues. First up, Mr. Brett Perry.
1: Greetings, exalted one.
2: My investment came true. Oh, which one? My, well, when I auctioned, uh, won the auction, the Steve Bradbury. Uh, lycra suit i oh. never thought i'd get to use it
0: yeah. you look a good the day. in the tight lycra i love it oh how do i look you look good you look good yeah. i think we all
2: look yeah. good don't forget it's australian gold my friend not it's canary yellow yeah, that's
0: right australian gold let's bring in the other bloke he had a voice that could make a wolverine purr mr
1: nick bice um bicey Oh yeah, go tell me. Is your you've, lycra how, suit? You look Ly- as though you've got a question to ask me.
0: <laughs> your lycra suit seems to be that, like that one where the the woman on the uh, the what do they call it? The where they go down the the runs on the ice sleds. What do they call that? Well,
1: I've got... Oh, the um. The bobsled, Bob bobsled. Bob
0: yeah, Bob you remember the F one's where l- she's
1: pumping it down and it blows out in the ass. Yeah, that
0: one. That's <laughs> no, what no mine's
1: got. more like uh, Barat the Mancini. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, you look good <laughs> in Can it too. Can you call that a lycra suit or just a bit of lycra? Uh, well,
2: well it's, as long as you as long as you've waxed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's all about speed. It's all
0: about yeah, speed.
1: I've waxed the fin. Don't worry about it. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Our um, listeners,
0: our listeners are going. What the <clears> going on with these What were you going to say, Bice? Before I spoke over you.
1: Oh no! I was just going to mention. I had. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it at all on the podcast, but um, Barcarati Sailors Lager, due mm. to the SA summer of Sale, has been. Uh, it's been a good summer down in SA mm. for, Ooh, definitely, for definitely, definitely. Sailors Lager, um, and you've got to start lifting your game, basically.
0: No, no question. A sophisticated audience down in South Australia. That's
1: what I'll say. <laughs> well, absolutely. But <laughs> well, can I? You wait till we put them in red cans to resemble a West End draft, <laughs> well, and then they'll go. be, but, gone. be gone.
2: Gone. <laughs> can I say that uh, I am going up to the Royal Prince Alfred Yacht Club this afternoon just for the Australia Day long weekend to stock the bar? So I have, I have uh, done okay there. Good that's all you, right. We get Well there. done. Good Fantastic.
1: No worries. I spoke to Crackles on your behalf. Um. Yeah. In the meantime, you're obviously heading up there to sign up for the uh, Sydney to Auckland virtual race.
2: Yes, uh, my boat uh, is being worked on as we speak. Um, I've got the shore crew uh, frantically putting it all together. Obviously, that starts next week. So um, (laughs) we've uh, given it a new paint job and and, uh, we're just doing the bottom now.
1: Yeah, right. I'm looking forward to this. Didn't Basically. know I had
2: entered, but apparently
1: I've entered. BP vs. Stephen Brayshaw, it's going to be uh, massive. We'll be covering it yeah. daily. Maybe oh. we could do a little daily podcast. About oh, yeah, that'd yeah. Be funny. Go. <laughs> well,
0: boss, you didn't get to hear the actual thing where they talked about the uh, Bus Surf Club Cup. We've we've effectively created the same thing between you and uh, Brayshaw, BP. Well, so. oh,
2: oh, look, the, the race inside a race, that's, that's, our, that's our goal from now on. Every regatta that... Uh, you know that goes on around the world should have races inside races. I think it's great. Mm, it is yeah. great. We're looking nice. forward
0: to it. Mm. Um, pity we're not going to see the Sydney to Auckland in real, uh, just in virtual. But anyway, um, now boys, why are we
2: all in lycra speed suits? Oh, I will tell you what, mine's I, mine's smaller
1: than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> or am I bigger? <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, well I'll tell you why. I, I, well, I can tell you why. Why? Why? We, we are about to learn from mm. one of the masters of the game who wears a Lycra speed suit or does he not mm, we carry on, Jordan? Uh,
0: so we, we have we, – we noticed a few things about the old America's Cup boats. We're watching the America's Cup boats, the way they sail around the course, the way the sails move, the way they sit on the falls. And bugger me if we didn't think of ice boating. We thought of ice boating and we're talking about ice boating and we, being Australian morons, have zero clue. Like um, <laughs> we, Less than zero. Less, less than, than zero. zero. We're, I remember we were in uh, the Netherlands, you and me, by were meeting with the guys from Taijin, and they were telling us about this skating race they have on the canals oh, of, yeah. of uh, Holland uh, in and around was it uh, Amsterdam? I think it was around Amsterdam. Yeah, I can't remember that. correct, yet. correct. And they only run it at certain years when the conditions are dead right. They have to get the right conditions, and it's, it's, they race all the way around the canals. It's a major event. And they were telling us about that, and I said, oh, we have the exact same event in Australia. We do exactly the same thing, but it's never been run because we've never got the <laughs> conditions. <laughs> But so we've got zero clue when it comes to the concept of ice boating. and so we reached out. we wanted to find out because this go online if you haven't looked at it, it is oh. insane. And we' hey, want I've been online
2: I've been online all morning. Yeah,
0: it's cool. Oh. As I said, I've mastered it. I've mastered it. So we, we reached out to some of our friends in the North, uh, North America and just tried to find out. and um, we got in touch with Steve about for those who don't know Steve, he's the Director of Engineering at Harkin, so for our friends at Ronston who are getting grumpy with us for talking, saying the word Harkin too much, sorry about that guys. For our friends at Allen, uh, too bad as well, we, you know, <laughs> get an ice boater on staff and we would have done it, but, so he's the Director of Engineering at, at uh, in Harkin, he's the King of Ice Boating, he's a Triple Crown winner, ISA champion, which is Sounds like, which is the International Skeeter Association, I think. Skeeter sounds like that, something a kid does when they're five or six, but it's not like that at all. The Northwest Regatta Champion and world-ranked DN Sailor. So some credibility there, mate. You should know what you're talking about. I think you're also pretty active in the real sailing world as well. So welcome to Bar
1: Karate, Steve.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Excited to be here.
1: We're excited to have you, mate. Um, Was there anything else on your resume, there, mate, <laughs> that we can add?
3: Uh, I think that's enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Jordan's not Jordan's not bad at his intros. Let's <laughs> let's add that he's uh,
0: crew boss for Terry Kohler's Evolution, the Santa Cruz Seventy. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you're a member of the Mega Yacht Team, which I have no idea what that's about, and you're going to have to tell uh, us. Um,
3: uh, yeah, you must have got that from Gargan's. Uh, I've sailed quite a few mega yacht regattas, just you know, working at Harkin and uh, so quite yep. a bit of exposure to the really big boats.
0: Don an yeah, and I, yeah, I'm also
3: sailing on a Pack 52 right now, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. Yep,
0: Pack 52, and you are coming to Hobart next year, I believe.
3: Well, hopefully, we're supposed. First stop is supposed to be the Transpac race, but it's. It's all up in the
1: area yep. at this point, so we're not
0: mm. sure. We're pretty certain there's a pack fifty-two turning up where Bicey lives within the next few weeks. Relay. I'm
1: pretty certain it's here right now. Oh, it's there. Yep, kills on in the water this week. No, next week, uh, this week, as people will be listening. A big orange one.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be named Secret Men's Business.
1: As uh, so secret.
0: <laughs> so anyway, there you go. Only um, so. You're right, Goggins did say that stuff, and he actually called you out because we had Sean Langman on the show last week. He called you Harkins' version of Sean Langman, just into every cool boat. Good, I don't
3: know if that's good or bad.
0: That's good, <laughs> we're gonna say it's good, so yeah,
3: okay.
0: <laughs> um, so how did you get into sailing, mate? Let's let's talk, Steve, for a bit,
3: yeah, okay. Um I grew up in a little town on Lake Michigan called Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I don't know you guys might've heard of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. That was also Terry Kohler's hometown. And so for 30 years, it was the world headquarters of North sales. Uh, And in our little yacht club, you know, got to know Terry and, and uh, my parents were members of the yacht club from the day I was born. So, and I've been sailing all my life and that's, that's where I got started. And, been doing most of my sailing on the Great Lakes here, in the
1: Midwest. What what's the the pathway as a junior on the Great Lakes? What boats are involved? Um, is it a big choice, or you're pretty much down a designated path from day one?
3: Well, now well nowadays there's there's a proper you know Opti circuit and all of that uh, around the area. When I was growing up, quite a while ago, we were luckily lucky to have lucky enough to have a fleet of flying juniors that at the time were being built by Vanguard boats, which is now Harkin. Right. Mm. And Terry, Terry Kohler bought a fleet of five flying juniors and donated them to the local sea scout organization, which when I got old enough, I became a member of, and really that's, that's when I got started. And then a little later on, I got into racing in the lightning class. Uh, lightning class back then was really strong in the Midwest and it still is. And it's still a popular, popular class in the U
1: S. And what's, what were those boats, uh, boys that Bill mentioned and they have like the Harkin cup every year that they invite and they invite a few celebs in, um, oh, the, the scouts, oh, Gou- the scouts, the scouts, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah, they feature in you? Wisconsin-
3: uh, yeah. In Wisconsin, there's, uh, the kind of the offshore scene on the Great Lakes, on Lake Michigan, because it, Lake Michigan is 300 miles long and 60 <laughs> miles wide. It's big. Uh, but then there's a whole inland, inland small lake uh, scene, the scow scene, which I never really got involved w- with when I was growing up because we didn't have any scows on Lake Michigan. So the e scow is one of the one of the big classes in the Inland Lake Association.
0: I love that you refer to the offshore sailing on Lake Michigan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, right. I've, got, I've got to tell you, boys, I've done a bit of sailing on Lake Michigan, and um, you—it's not lake. Well, it is lake sailing, as in sailing in, with fresh water, which is a is a welcome surprise. But as far as getting rough, holy, it, she can get rough, mate. Yeah, you don't have no to worry yeah. about that. All mm-hmm. those systems coming across the US, hitting that. Hitting that where the big massive water is, it does a lot of different things to the weather. So yeah, and we not to know, be underestimated.
3: All summer long, we get powerful thunderstorms rolling through here. So you know, if you're doing a Chicago Mac race, it's inevitable you're going to have to go through one of those, and it can get pretty nasty.
2: Mm. I mean, look forward to hole number two of the Firex Twos going to the Great Lakes.
3: Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah. Oh wow.
3: Good. miss. Nice. Yeah.
0: Wasn't the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald on one of those lakes? That Gordon Lightfoot yeah. song,
3: Lake Superior, yeah.
0: Okay, because I think I did uh, I did a world on Lake Ontario over in Canada somewhere, in Kingston, I think. So,
3: probably Kingston, yeah. Yeah,
0: so it's cool. And does that lake? Let's get to the serious question right in front of you. Does that lake freeze over, Steve? Is that what happens?
3: Occasionally, Lake Michigan freezes over. Uh, but pr- pretty consistently, the smaller bays, like the Bay of Green Bay, which is still a large body of water, freeze over, and we will ice. will ice boat on, you know, the smaller bays. And actually, I've ice boated on all five of the Great Lakes.
0: It's. Um...
1: That's what I was going to ask. It like in a one of in a full on freeze over. Have you done the run across from one side to the other? No, that's not <laughs> offshore.
2: Offshore Have you gone offshore? <laughs> No. yeah that's the cool uh, so um
1: okay so you've grown up you've gone just the normal standard pathway for where you're living and then how how does that translate into ice boating
3: yeah I I got started in ice boating I didn't I didn't get started in it until I was a little bit older you know around 30 years old and I was working at Harkin and a a few of us got interested at the same time and, and obviously Peter Harkin has ice boated for a long time and has his brother Olaf also did. So it was kind of a natural place to get to get into it and get hooked on it. But it really took a, a, a few there were two two other buddies uh, and myself, three of us working here that really got interested and started to build DNs together and, and work together at it, travel together and just have a lot of fun.
1: And just for the listener, what, what is exactly the DN?
3: I've got Wonder it.
1: He, I've lifestyle. got it.
0: It's a coffin. You buy a coffin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is.
0: And you put skegs on it. You get a couple of skates, stick yeah. them on, and then I don't know, you put up this you get a really wobbly mast.
3: Yeah. It looks, looks like, absolutely no it looks, like a, looks like a crucifix you lie down in and, yeah. and yeah. go ripping across the ice. Now the DN is the it's a I'll call it a one design class, but it in some like a box rule because there's mins and maxes on all the dimensions for all the components so there's room to play around with the design a little bit but it's the, it's the largest ice boat class in the world uh and it's also one of the smallest ice boats
2: hmm.
3: about eight meters eight and a half meters long and uh all up they weigh about 125 pounds so what is it 75 80 kilos something like that yeah right yeah, uh, hugely popular in North America and also Northern Europe. Countries like like Poland, Sweden, Estonia, Finland, Germany. Really popular in Europe.
1: And what 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 are what are the parameters as such like? How big are we talking? Like uh, rig hide and all that sort of thing.
3: Uh, I can. I, gotta, I have to speak in feet, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, that's all right.
3: <laughs> the mat, the mat, mast is 16 feet long. The fuselage is 13 feet long. And there's a, there's a cross plank in the back of the boat that provides stability. That's eight feet long. And the sail area is 60 square feet.
0: Okay. Um, the first question, I'll just send a photo to the boys so they can see. What's the story with the masts?
3: Yeah, the really bendy masts, right? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the, in the DN. And it's, you see that to some degree in all the ice boat classes, but it's, it's really been taken to the extreme in, in oh, the DN. Jesus. Sorry, boys. <laughs> haven't, <laughs> haven't you seen
2: it? Haven't you seen them?
3: <laughs>
1: Spicy. No, I've seen them zipping around that, but not like on that, that ang- angle. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: insane. I've been watching it
0: all morning. And-, and for our listeners, I'll put that photo up for people when we publish. So anyway, yeah. go on, keep going, Steve. All
3: right. So, so generally, the the concept there is um, when you start an ice boat race, the boat is parked on a, on the starting line, and you're standing outside of it. But the running push start. So when you're starting, you mm. need a lot of power in the sail, a lot of low end power to get the thing accelerating. Yep. So the mass is straight at that point, And there's a lot of luff curve built into the sail, but then to hit your, your, your top end speed and minimize the drag, you want to flatten the thing out, right? Cause there's on really not really clean ice. There's not a lot of resistance. Mm. For on- there's not a lot of drag on the ice. So you can get away with a super flat sail. So that's what it's all about. It's a really dynamic rig that gets you off the line with a lot of power. And then as you accelerate, as you and trim in, the mass is bending and pulling the shape out of the sail. That's as simple as it is. It does looks that, amazing. Does
2: that bend come in just purely when you when you trim the sail? It actually the sail forces the the mast to bend like that, or have you got, any, yeah. you got any
3: controls? The sheet tension, that's it. Wow. <laughs> so I might ro- say construction rigs.
1: of the rig? What is it? Fiberglass or a bit of spruce?
3: <laughs> no, they're they're all composite. Some are carbon and glass mm,
1: mm.
3: combination. Some are all carbon.
2: And did I am I correct in saying that they're uh, rotating? Yes. So a little wing little wing foils, and you rotate them uh, towards the wind. And, yeah, uh, that assists you with uh, with you with it all as well
3: exactly right Man, oh, it, it's crazy I it. to look I at just,
2: i just love it i um, i think just before you go on I, I think i actually love it enough for me to go and try it but then <laughs> but then i searched ice boat crashes uh. <laughs> <laughs> you see i didn't skateboard for a reason yeah. and it's called earth or yeah. something hard yeah. gravity uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's why I took up windsurfing and surfing and, you know, sailing. But, uh, yeah, I've, I did that. But in saying that, uh, it's just – it's fascinating.
0: Well, let's – I want to ask a question. What's the most important thing? Is it the rig? Is it the push start? Or is it the skates? The I don't know. Do you call them skates? What do you What do you call the things?
3: The, usually call them runners. Runners. The skates yeah, runners.
0: Okay. What's the most important element to the success in the speed, um, boat speed? Is it –
3: Oh, it's all important, obviously. But I mean, you, you got to get your engine right, the way your mast and sail are working together in that dynamic rig. You know, if it's if it's not set up right, it's not you're not going to go fast.
0: That's interesting. It's interesting. You know, it. I I I just imagine that those. I'm certain you guys have got more than one set of runners per boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like with all the different sort of conditions you uh, i'm assuming you you spend half your time polishing your runners
3: <laughs> yeah it's a, <laughs> a lot of a lot of ice boating is working on the equipment and, and getting everything prepared but you bring up a good point The the big difference between we say soft water sailing and ice boating is the surface that you're sailing on you know the water is the water but the ice is changing all the time, mm. even wow. throughout a day. As the temperature changes, the ice is changing. Wow. So, you know, in the DN class, we, we have a lot of runner choices. And I'll, t- I'll travel to a regatta with, you know, like eight different sets of runners. For, yeah. for different ice conditions, different temperatures. So hard ice, soft ice, uh, snow on the ice, bumpy ice, smooth ice.
2: Oh, it's, wow. it's, it's insane. I was looking this morning and uh, the, the commentary was talking about you have higher skates for, for snowier conditions and yep, and obviously right. sharp, sharper, lower ones for perfect conditions. I guess that you'd have that pretty well data correlated now.
3: Right, yeah. It, and it takes a long time to, to get yeah. that all figured out.
1: Okay. How do you – obviously the conditions on the ice change in different different scenarios, different areas – but as mm-hmm. for reading the wind and everything, mm. what is there a, the odd windsock just set up around the course, or you just uh, got no, no, a work by feel?
3: Yeah, it's 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 kind of by feel. And generally in an iceboat, you you really you try in a race you're trying to minimize the amount of tacks and jibes. It's not so it's not like you're tacking on shifts up the beat, and uh, and you're going so fast, you know that a all the races are windward lured and the standard race in a DN is three laps. We try and get a mile in between the marks. So it's a six mile race. It will do that in 10 or 12 minutes easily. <laughs> so <laughs> if the wind is oscillating, you know, <clears throat> it doesn't have much chance to, to make a big change. But, so so when, you, when you make a couple, couple, do a couple races or a couple laps around the course. You you can figure out pretty quickly what the wind is doing.
0: But can hmm. you see it in any way, like we do on the water? Is there any signs, or you just
3: usually no? I right. mean, sometimes if there's if there's a little bit of drift or... snow, yeah, snow on the ice, it, it's blowing across, and you can kind of see it.
2: But. Yeah. Obviously, because of the, uh, the the way the ice is, I mean, your, your wind conditions. Uh, is there a, is there a top out? I mean, do you say we can't go out in thirty knots or twenty knots, five knots? Or- yeah,
3: yeah, and the, in most of the classes, it's around twenty-five knots.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just imagine the speeds you you. And what spe- What speeds are you producing?
3: In the little DN, we'll go uh, we'll go seventy miles an hour in that thing.
1: <laughs> and and more than a hundred.
3: Yeah, I sell. I sell also the skeeter that you mentioned, uh, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, then we can get into that too. But that thing will go over a
1: hundred miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> <fuck>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put an explicit on this episode, but fuck it, this is great. <laughs> um, so, hundred mile an hour for the uh, the, the metric minded, hundred sixty k's an hour. That's uh, pace on. Certainly, uh, the Land Rover Defender doesn't get anywhere near that. Nice. But on the ice, and your ass is literally a couple of inches yeah. off the ice.
3: That's a good point.
1: And um, mm. oh, it must feel extremely quick, not to it mention. It does, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. It, it, it actually feels faster in the little mm. DN than it does in the bigger boat. Mm. Sure.
2: That's a common theme with I mean things like go karting too. You know, like go karts sure. feel faster than than the bigger cars. But uh, the other the other thing I noticed, and I, I was watching the tacking and jibing, um, that's impressive. The way that the boom sort of sits on your shoulder, and your mm-hmm. head sits, your head is sitting just there. You sort of have to. I'm and I'm trying to get my head around it. Uh, as you do the jibe and tack, do you have to, have to actually put the boom up over your head and onto the other shoulder, or is it it just goes up when you ease the sheet? Or
3: it goes up when you ease the sheet. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So you're kind of you're kind of sliding forward and easing just enough to get your head under the boom.
0: It's phenomenal. Yeah. It is phenomenal. It is. And
1: as far as controlling it, obviously you've got that sheet tension, um, and I show there's there some other just standard Cunningham's outhauls and what have you, or Not is that nothing. all? Nothing, just straight you got, out.
3: You, get, you got a main sheet and a tiller, that's it.
1: Wow. And the tiller is controlled how?
3: The tiller, there's a steering post that that goes through the through the hull and then a, a linkage to the front runner. Okay, yeah. But it's how, how much, do you steer yeah, that runner?
0: With, you. with your feet or with your hands?
3: Uh, with your hands, okay. in the DN. you steer with your hands.
0: Yeah, right. It's kind of like a blow cut. It's the closest we can get to experience where you've got the main sheet yeah. coming from the front and you've got a little yep. handle from the front.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow, but going <laughs> so fast.
0: That's super cool.
1: Um, Sorry for the silly questions. Yeah, I'm we... looking, at, looking at your photo here again. Yeah. Are you actually dressed in lycra? <laughs> I mean, do you get caught oh, or, I was gonna... or,
2: or are we out of place was... right now?
1: i
3: was no i was going to mention you guys uh you you made a mistake uh lycra is too chafing
1: we we learned that a long time ago well that that was going to lead to my next question how's the shrinkage factor (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna you have to like get fully covered up right doing speeds like that in those temperatures
3: i'll say i'll say is it's it's really cold (laughs)
1: <laughs> so
2: Okay, so obviously you're saying that we don't look the part right now. We're obviously going to have to shit our, shit our lycra off because it's not what we wear. BP. Um, what, what do you wear?
3: Ha- hang on. you got to go, sp- go spandex, guys. Spandex.
0: Come on. BP, oh, how come it's warm where you are? How come you're suffering shrinkage? I'm not suffering shrinkage. I'm suffering I'm suffering bloatage. <laughs>
2: so don't my suit anymore.
0: So the, the lycra, uh, you get too much friction. So you, you do actually strip down to sort of aerodynamic stuff. Um, I'm guessing yeah. you don't have to wear life jackets.
3: No, no, but the, absolutely aerodynamics is critical. So yeah. do
2: you have like a, I mean, there must be a, must be a fairly full-on suit. It's like I've got a thermal layer, I'm assuming, and then you have your have the, the suit on top of that
3: i have several warm layers that i, I layer up and then a, a pretty actually a pretty thin suit that goes over the top it's yeah
1: right that's it yeah mm-hmm. wow wow and protection essentially helmet goggles any body armor as such
3: no no just helmet and goggles and usually okay. face covering as well yeah, yeah,
2: sure. So you're all covered as up as as the... Bisi just said, you have to excuse these questions, but um, I mean, it's something no, it's we've fine. never we've never experienced it, and I don't think we've ever seen. I mean, we've never seen it. So, um,
3: right.
2: Uh, so, okay, let's let's look at the good days. Um, five, ten knots, sunny, perfect ice, and you're out there and you're having a blast. Then you've got the other days, the twenty-five snowblown days, twenty-five knots. It's freezing cold. It's a little bit hard conditions. Um. How does that sort of – how do you handle that? I mean, you just get out there and just do it, and it's still enjoyable, or it does get to a point where it's like, ah, this is odd?
3: No, I, I enjoy it no matter what it, what it's like. There you go. Um, and one one thing that keeps me coming back to ice boating is I get excited about it every, every time I do it, you know. It doesn't get boring. It's an adventure every time you go on yeah. the ice
1: can imagine
0: all right well let's let's talk about we've talked about the dn a bit what about this skeeter e-skeeter thing that looks pretty freaking cool it looks like um like a world speed record machine with a sail stuck on the top of it
3: yeah the the e-skeeter class it's uh it's basically it's almost an unlimited class and, and you can you can build anything you want as long as the mass is no taller than 28 feet and the sale area is no greater than seventy-five square feet. That's okay. it. That's the only limitations. So it's it's evolved greatly over the years and decades.
0: It um it does look a lot like you know a speed record machine you know like a almost a rocket stuck on its side. Um, and right. And do, do you have to sort of run to start those as well?
3: Yeah, same deal. It's a running push start.
0: And. Because the, um, there's a hatch cover that comes over the top. Like, are you, are you strapped in in any way if there's a crash?
3: No.
2: Geez. No. There, there was footage of one and the guy just got launched. Um, really? I'll talk about that in a second. But, hey, what with the running start, what's the rule with that?
3: <laughs> Don't let go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's one. But obviously, you've got someone counting steps or you got a line distance or what have you got?
3: No, there's no limitation to how far, how far you can run uh you have to be you have to have the boat on a close hauled angle you can't just push it straight up wind you know if there's no wind and go to the mark you have to be <laughs>
2: the whole way a, around the a, sailing way. angle yeah
3: right uh but in that bigger boat it's it's more like you run until the thing is about to leave you behind and then you get hit <laughs> before you get before it runs you over
0: it's it's a surreal looking thing to be involved in so um like, how much does, uh, do these boats, and maybe what are other classes and, and sort of costs of being involved?
3: Yeah, the, you know, the DN class, you can, you can get into a used DN for and then be competitive for
1: $5,000. Right.
0: Right. Mm. That's the next Barker challenge, boys. We're oh,
1: to into it. I'm into I it. mean, we've been so good on all our other well, challenges. Well, at least we've got
0: excuses this one. We've got to wait
1: for <laughs> ice. <laughs> we've got to wait for ice. <laughs> yeah. I'm hitting oh. up to like later in the air. Well oh, I'll, we let, I'll could, check
2: it out. Do salt, salt
1: yachting. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Keep going, my friend. Sorry.
3: Yeah. And then there's, there's a, there's several other classes in Wisconsin here. There's a, a little next size up boat. That is called the night. Uh, and you can find used boats from five to 10 grand. Uh, and then there's a renegade. That's an older, older de- design, but still a, a popular class. And, and again, you've, People aren't building those those boats anymore. You find used ones, and you can find good deals. And if you're willing to do some work, it can be pretty inexpensive. You get up to that, the Skeeter class, and all those Skeeters are, are home-built. Mm, okay. No one's out there like trying to build them commercially. If if they did, they'd be ungodly expensive.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, What is the majority of materials we're talking here? We, people are starting to – obviously, carbon fiber would be – would be there, or is it? Yeah,
3: st- actually, still a lot of wood. Mm. Yep, because mm. wood is easy to build within your garage, and yeah, we correct. use Sitka spruce, which mm. I don't know if you're familiar with, but it grows on the west coast of North America, the Pacific Northwest. It's extremely light and strong. Mm. Um, so even even that Skeeter, even the Skeeter hulls, you know, the they're basically the frames are built out of Sitka spruce, but then they're overwrapped with carbon.
1: Hey, gents, Mm -hmm. I just want to mention one thing here. Mm -hmm. It's like the ultimate boat, the ultimate sailing experience. We've banged on about finding a boat that can be built in your backyard um, using whether it be plywood or Mm -hmm. any sort of timber. And what are the things about sailing that you enjoy and don't enjoy? You enjoy going fast, don't enjoy getting wet. Yeah, mate, (laughs) it's the (laughs) ultimate. This is the one.
0: I don't mind getting wet. It's the cold that might be the issue. I reckon it could be. <laughs> the cold could be a, 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 a major. It,
1: well, it's, I've got.
2: I'll have a bit of a problem with the visuals of you, of you, Jordan, out there yeah. in the
1: crack in your lycra, That's or your right. spandex, or trying to find a helmet that fits.
2: Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. I've got a question. So obviously, uh, ice is ice is undulating. The surface is quite uh, irregular. Correct or Uh, or, or can you
3: get it can be no on a on on the smaller lakes that we sail on and you can't just go out on any frozen lake and Mm. set up sail you know there's people people all over the place are scouting all the time looking for the perfect sheet of ice Mm. and in in a way you're you're right there's there is no such thing as a perfect sheet of ice there's usually going to be some kind of texture on it some kind of bumps on it cracks running across it. So an important thing is that you, you've got to be, you have to really scout the ice carefully before you open this thing, open these things up. And,
1: yeah. it- and what's involved there, just one of the officials kind of goes out, finds <laughs> find, finds exactly uh, where to go, word goes out. How do they actually, is it a visual thing? I'm, I'm guessing one of the biggest risks are the, the ice um, cracking or opening up.
3: Yeah, generally that's not an issue on, on a, It can be an issue on a really big body of water if it's windy.
1: Sure.
3: Uh, but it's, the ice is usually pretty locked in on the, the smaller lakes, and it's it's not changing that much. Once noticed- you identify a sheet that's safe, it's it's usually pretty good to go. So I
2: noticed I noticed on the boats there's little suspension-y type of setups on your on your um, skates. Uh, is that is that correct? Like little. Is there is a there is an element of giving them or, or not?
3: Well on all the boats you see a you know cross plank in the back, right? Yep. Mm. And that that whole thing, that plank, is flexible. So that's kind of a suspension for the yeah. back of the boat. And that also helps, you know, along works it's working along with that bendy rig in the DN. Yeah. And if you're in puffy conditions and you get the thing set up right. It flexes. Exactly, and it just the leech of the sail opens up automatically when the puff comes on, and it just it, when it's right, it's awesome to sail.
2: Which leads to the point of you know uh, we mentioned sort of car you know it's carbon fiber coming. You probably don't you you what you probably want that the the, uh, the the thing to bend and move around like you just said. Then you know car, stiffness yeah. is not a, stiffness is not a priority.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That's right.
2: Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. So if you were trying to
0: get into the class, you'd probably start with the DN is. What you say?
3: Yeah, I think I think that's that's the best way to start. I mean it's affordable, you can throw them on top of your car, easy to set up, and there's there's a lot. If you want to race, there's that's where the most competitors are.
0: Yeah. It doesn't look super comfortable looking at this photo. Like, are they comfortable or are you just 12 minutes of sort of trying to do a half sit up?
3: It, it, exactly. It's it's a workout.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Should take a little pillow, just put behind yeah, your head.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Little little little, little comfy little comfy bear right. pillow. Yeah. Oh,
1: by the way, just for the listener, if we seemed a little distracted before, <laughs> Jordan just ran out to grab his custom made helmet that he needed to get made to fit on his head <laughs> and he put it on. You and custom know. made and custom he couldn't, he couldn't, and he couldn't get it off afterwards, though. And, and custom made goggles.
0: <laughs> you do not know how true that is. <laughs> I've um the, the there's an ongoing joke. Uh, Steve I'm about 6 three in your your language but in reality I'm a five foot ten guy with a seven foot two guy's head <laughs> <laughs> if you saw me next yeah. to a normal person you go oh, I get it yeah.
1: Andre the giant rang and said oh he wants his head back <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway um, let's get to the really interesting thing let's talk about some of the crashes do you do you have like yes. crossings the first thing I want to know is how do crossings go like if somebody's because Obviously, you don't tack much, you're saying, so you wouldn't have many opportunities. But if BP was on the course where oh. where starboard is optional, um, <laughs> what happens? How does it go? Like, you must have some majors,
3: there has been, yeah, and you, you, you never want that to happen because obviously no. it, it goes bad. Um, it you have to, you just have to have your head on a swivel and have to, you're making snap decisions the whole time you're going around the race course and probably okay. the most dangerous point is the first one right before the first weather mark as the mm. fleet comes together and and, it. yeah let me backtrack a little bit when you when you start a dn race everybody's lined up on a starting line that's actually laid out on the ice and there's positions marked and half the boats The center lines, marked, that half the boats are on the port side of the line on starboard, starting on starboard tack. Mm -hmm. Other half are on the the right side of the line on port tack. So they go off on opposite tacks, half and half. When when those guys come across on port into the train of starboard tackers, that's when it can get hairy. Mm.
2: How easy to bear away. I mean, I do see the bear away, Mark, and I do see the thing sometimes lift up onto two skates and you've got that precarious position of, of the boat of the boat up on, its, uh, up on two skates. That must happen when you're trying to bear away to miss a port starboard as well. That, that, yeah.
3: uh, it can, yeah. You've got to ease the sheet out a little bit and keep it under control. And, of course, it wants to accelerate a oh, lot when you, as soon as you it. bear away. So being able to judge those crossings is really critical. I mean, I,
2: just, um, I, really, I don't think we want to go into what could happen when you go wrong, but you could just imagine what could happen when you yeah. go wrong. But yeah. what acceleration? So, upwind speed, let's talk about upwind speed is 30, 40, 40 knots or 35 knots and then bear away speed.
3: Well, I can, let's talk about the DN first. The DN, uh, say there's a medium breeze, yeah, you're probably going upwind 30, 35 miles an hour. Yeah. 40 max. Mm hmm. And then when you when you go around the weather mark, it'll accelerate quickly up to 60 miles an hour. Wow. You go downwind. <laughs> and you're, you're sheeted all the way in all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> which, is, which is what, uh, what uh, Jordan was saying earlier but, uh, about the, uh, you know, the appearance, yeah. appearance are just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, what about mark roundings? What's, like, how do you, do you have the same rules? Like, do you have the same rules as, as normal sailing or are they different rules?
3: Um, there's fewer rules, and most of them are the same. Mark roundings if you're overtaking anybody at all, you have no rights. Okay, the slower guy ahead of you has rights, but in uh, you know, inside boat has the right away, so that's the same. Port starboard's the same.
0: So, what about your boy room? When does that kick in? How far out is it 30 boat. <laughs> 300 lengths?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: What you're saying, it's not three boat lengths.
0: 28 <laughs>
2: seconds away?
3: No, there's none of that. It's, it's you're just going too fast. There's no yeah, way to jump. Yeah, that.
2: unbelievable. Right. So if,
0: if someone overlaps you at the last second, do you, you have to give them room. That's what I'm trying to work out. Like, how do you – when you go around a mark, would you just give it a bit of space just because
3: – Yeah, it, you just – you have to be conservative. You just have to be. Because
0: my imagination is if someone comes in tight on that mark and tries to force for boy room – then They're going to slide off a little bit as they come around and try and say tighten up, you know. Like a, it's not like you just do a quick hard turn, you don't do hard turns on these things. I'm assuming it's sort if, of a nice radius turn.
3: If somebody uh tacks in there at the last second and tries to pinch it in, you know, you, if you're coming down the starboard ley line, you're going 30 miles an hour faster than they are, and it's just you just try not to hit them and you get up and mm. get up and around them and you're just you're gone, you know.
2: All right, so. It's, it's a common theme in sailing in general that uh, even if it's a twilight, uh, people say, Oh, we're just going to go out and have a bit of fun. But then the gun goes and it's. And be peace on the It's course. fever. It's get to that top mark. It's win that race, no matter what. Now, I'm going to say that it's quite similar with you guys, but there must be some gentleman rules in place because there's uh, it's you're talking about phenomenal speeds with no protection. Um, there must be a, a, an unwritten law, if you like that is in place.
3: Yeah, I'd say there is, but yet I will, I will also say you got to watch out for those Polish guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, is there a group that pushed the limit? Yep.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, a bunch so... of them listen to this show, so just rip into them. Mate.
3: Like, yeah, give, them, give
2: them. We've got Team Poland. Oh, we love them.
3: Right.
1: No, there's a lot of good sailors in Poland. <laughs> He's walking it <laughs> back, walking it yeah. back. <laughs> big big customers for harkin you know <laughs>
2: yeah oh, yeah okay so okay so but just you, you've got that sort of uh you know uh, i guess uh um, understanding between you all that this is not your regular sport but you're still pushing the limits you're still trying to get it in there you're still trying to you're still trying to win this is my point
1: yeah for sure absolutely mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. And what's uh, what's been the biggest cheating scandal in ice boat history Steve? Oh, oh, great big, question.
3: Biggest cheating scandal in ice boat history? Boy, oh, boy. I don't know, that's a tough one.
2: Self-sharpening skates? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Everything, you know, in the in the in the big continental DN is all the equipment is getting checked pretty regularly of the mm.
1: guys that are going fast. So it's pretty tough to get away with anything. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, well, I was looking for a bit of a scan. We didn't find one. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's
0: a good question, though, Bice. So, so the way your brain thinks is quite good. That was a good one. Um, I I, I think we're sort of pretty impressed. The, the, I think there is one thing that we haven't touched on, is the difficulty of actually going ice bite, ice boat, biting. You know, it's not like conditions are there every day, like, Sailing. So, is that the case? Is it difficult to get out on the water uh, on the ice? Yeah,
3: that's that's the that's the toughest part about the sport. And if you don't if you don't live in a place like I do, where it's all around, and and you can just you know get up and go.
2: So it could be uh, quite expensive for us to get the perfect conditions for us to yeah, hop, hop on a plane tough, and come over tough. and.
3: <laughs> right, it's tough to plan for, but. I will say that for the in the DN class for the World Championship, the North Americans or the Europeans, that's scheduled in advance, and there's a whole week set aside to get the regatta in. The problem is you don't know where it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we're having, a, we're having a U.S. Nationals next week. Right. We somewhere, the,
2: somewhere in the U.S.
3: Yeah, we have the whole week set aside, and we'll, we'll find out hopefully on Friday – where it's going to be, right?
2: So that's this week.
3: <laughs> yeah, this next week.
2: Wow, let's let's cover that, boys. Can we get can yeah, we yeah. get uh, can we get hold of? Is there? I mean, is there footage? Is there? Uh, you know, how do we how do we follow that?
3: Yeah, I can send you some links to. Awesome. That, yeah, let's do that. You know, updated results and, and videos and things.
0: So, so, just to clarify, when they decide to hold the the nationals, they will actually tell you where it is. Eventually, <laughs> you don't just hope you stumble yeah. over it.
3: Yeah, hopefully. No, no, there's a pretty good network of people looking for ice.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, so it's uh, all about that condition.
2: They're trying to find the right ice. Is what you're saying?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've
2: just got this vision in my head of everyone at a hotel with their ice boat on the roof, and they're all sitting around waiting. And then someone said it's uh it's hundred k's up the road, and everyone just jumps in their car and flies off, and it's all just a commodicade to this lake.
3: Yeah. You no, know, last year, a year ago. Uh, our North American championships wound up in Montana, which for me, I live kind of in the middle of the country is a uh, thousand miles.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Wow.
3: And there were, there were a few guys that came from the East coast. So for them, it was 2000. Oh. miles.
1: Wow. Now, Steve, one of the great aspects of yachting in general is going back to the bar afterwards, going back to the yacht club, <laughs> having a few with mm. your mates. Um, mm-hmm is there anything, any such thing as an ice boat club or what do you do when it's announced where the, uh, where the competition's taking place, you just adopt the local bar?
3: Yeah, exactly. There are a couple of actually ice boat clubs in Wisconsin. Pretty, pretty cool to visit, but it's pretty rare that they have conditions out in front of that, in those places.
1: Yeah. So right. yeah, we
3: usually, usually look for a hotel with a bar in it. It's more convenient.
2: Yeah. So in sailing, we have wet bars where you can come straight off the water in your wet and you can get a beer and stand there in the bar. Um, yeah. You obviously uh, don't rock up in a bar in your spandex. Uh,
3: or not? Uh, or in Wisconsin? You do. <laughs> sometimes you do. Uh, of course, you got a you got a few beers in the back of your car uh, for once. Once you, you got get to it.
1: keep the on to make sure they're drinkable. Well,
3: you. you <laughs> You put them in the cooler, but you don't put any ice in there. You keep them in there so they they don't freeze or insulated. They don't freeze. It's just foreign exactly. to us
2: because I could just imagine you're finishing a race and you're all standing around there and your boat's ahead to wind and you've got a you've, you crack open a beer and you stand around and talk about the race. I mean, in those conditions, and it must be cool.
0: Can, boys, can you yeah. imagine? Right, like you know, when we put a, the esky down, what you call a cooler, we the esky. You, often a game of cricket breaks out, you know, because you've, oh, you've got the esky yes. and the stumps, right? Can you imagine a game of cricket on ice? No. <laughs> no diving <laughs> catches. How far would you hit that ball? It's ridiculous. So anyway, um, yeah, it's – what about the uh, race officer and, like, officials and all that? Do they jump in the car and drive the 1,000 miles to bring you your marks and, and set the course? Yep. A, geez, mm-hmm. they're good. Gee, they're good.
3: Yeah.
0: That's a pretty and, serious commitment.
3: The uh, the ultimate is when the ice is thick enough, you can drive your vehicle right onto the ice and, and just set up right next okay. to it. Oh, this
2: man, leads man. to leads leads to a really good question. Um, what uh, I mean, i not. I've got no idea about ice. Um, there's the obviously hell? a thickness. <laughs> there's obviously a thickness. I mean, what where is where is it actually deemed thicker? Uh, sorry, deemed uh, acceptable to
3: to to race. Yeah, for the for the DNs. Three
0: to four inches. How do you know? Yes, that doesn't seem much. Yeah, it doesn't, does it? You, you mm, walk out there a,
1: and drill
3: a hole. Check it. I
2: think I saw a video and, and it looked
3: I like... Take the old Makita out. It.
1: Just <laughs> Right. With a long long series drill bit. Or not. Exactly. You just put a little bit of tape on it, and if you make it through before the tape, yeah, back her up, boys. We'll
2: just, <laughs> just walk up to the, the corner there where the little bloke's doing a bit of fishing. So, oh, that looks thick enough for us to do it.
0: Right. <laughs> but uh, does that... Does the ice, you know, if it's, say, three inches or four inches deep um, in one spot, do you know that it, it's going to be probably the same depth another mile up the road, which is what you're sort of saying the length of your course is? So do you have to check no, all the way don't. across the course?
3: Yeah, yeah, you got to check the whole thing.
0: Okay. And so who does that job? Because that could be fraught with danger.
3: Not me. <laughs> yeah. That's one. That's
2: one hell of an insurance uh, insurance policy, right yeah. there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I guess the next question is: Has it ever? Has it ever happened? Has it ever cracked and gone, and 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 lost boats? <laughs> or to oh, an yeah. extent
3: broken? I, I've personally never gone through the ice. All mm-hmm. of Harkin was notorious for going for. Going out sailing by himself on Pewaukee Lake and always finding the
2: holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we laugh. It's not really laughing matter, is it? I mean, oh, it's, uh, no, it's no, it's not. Yeah. not we've got, at all. We've, got uh, we've got our uh, you know our hypothermia situation with normal boating. Um, it brings a whole new whole new uh, uh, st- uh, view on it. Oh, right. We just can't even comprehend. Like I don't
0: know how far away from the level of understanding you know, whether you really get that we have no clue because like <laughs> we're in Australia where I live, in winter, we wear a slightly thicker T-shirt. That's our winter. Do you know what I mean? Like we, right. It's shorts year round. No one wears shoes and it's, it's just thick T-shirts. I'm in, I'm, in my, right. I'm in my summer T-shirts at the moment, the ones you can see through sort of thing. And, and the concept that the water can turn into ice only works when it comes to drinks.
3: <laughs> sure. hey. That's well crazy. it's
2: reciprocated i was actually just speaking to scott this morning who has bought the x2 and he said to me um do you guys sail all year down there <laughs> <laughs> why would you not and i've gone are you, are you what <laughs> but it's, anyway it's, there you go man, So it is wow. reciprocated
0: all right let's let's transition a bit because there's a lot of translatable skills that we're noticing from you know from this and, and there was a conversation there uh, about a week, a week and a half ago from Bob on Facebook. <coughs> oh, Bob, yep. And I can't remember his last name, but
1: Bob said, "No, can I, can I you, take over here, yeah, Jordan?" Yeah, yeah, go for so it. So there was a comment on Facebook oh, saying Bob. how similar the AC boats are to ice boating, and I wonder if they should start talking to some of the ice boat pilots or skiers for for the AC boats and. I might be a little bit miss, bit wrong here, Jordan, but just for value, hilarity value, let me finish. And um, Jordan said, well, when they got out to push the boat, they all drowned. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, well, what was his name? Well, of course, his name was Bob. <laughs> so he was just bobbing around in the water.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we, we do lost. You, what, do you see what I've got to put up with.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, I see yeah. I so mate.
0: with the, um, do you look, obviously being a fan of sailing, you're, you're watching every element of this. Do you watch watch the America's Cup? Like, do you see similarities in the way these boats behave?
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, first of all, the apparent win is obvious because of the speed. And, you know, sometimes I, I could see where people trying to watch the America's Cup boats sometimes have a difficult time knowing what tack or jibe they're on mm. so when it gets light whether they're trying to go upwind or downwind yeah and that's you know that's all similar to ice boating because yeah you know you you reach around trying to get up to speed and and they're trying to get on the foils and before you can go up or down
0: it, so i correlates oh, yeah. strongly
2: how easy is it to hold that those appearance? I mean, is it something that once it's there, it's 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 easy, or you're permanently on the edge to make sure you you don't lose it? Obviously, that's a that's a sign between a, a world class sailor and you know and a club sailor. Yeah,
3: yeah, you're 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 constantly once you get the boat up the speed, you're trying to trying to find the right angle, you know, and and but you're looking at the boats around you too, and if somebody's sailing a little lower and a lot faster, then you immediately try and match them and get the bow down upwind and and get this again.
2: Okay. So let's talk about what makes a world-class ice yachtsman and you being one of them. What, what separates you from the, from, you know, the, the, the average bloke?
3: Um, It doesn't hurt if you can run fast because, you know, the start of the race, if you're trying to outrun the guys around you, especially the guys to lure of you. And if you can do that, you can get in the boat. And the critical thing is, when you're trying to start start an ice boat, is you got to bear off. You got to you got to put the thing down on a close reach to get it to accelerate as fast as you can. And, and you don't point up until it's going to top speed.
1: Well, that's, and you monitor that. You got a GPS on board, or how's that no, work?
3: No, it's Just all it's all feel and looking at the guys around you. Oh, wow! So you yeah. have to be you have to be fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yep. Run.
2: And what about uh, shoes?
3: Oh yeah, Dunlop volleys.
2: Dunlop volleys.
3: <laughs> no, we wear uh, metal metal track spikes.
2: I was going to ask oh, if you really? were wearing spikes. Yeah, yeah, yep. right. Wow.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There you, there you go. Yeah.
2: Wow, that's cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Which is just another weapon when you're out there if you have a stack.
3: <laughs> yeah, You've got skates. I'd say, and... I, sorry, I'd say another another key to being a, a, a competitor. In an ice boat, is you have to be able to build stuff effectively, hands on, and work with your equipment. Yes, it's hard for people to just jump in.
1: Mm, Sure. Fast.
3: What
0: about the sails? Like from a sail making perspective, is there because they change shape so much? Do they have much shape cut in, or is it all? Is it all luff curve or is there much seam shape or how do you do, do it? No,
3: I'd say it's, I'm not a sailmaker, but I, it's mostly luff curve.
0: And then it, that just pulls out. It's, an, it's it's like a laser sail effectively. It's all shapes, luff curve.
3: Right. And that, that's one thing I haven't mentioned is in a regatta, in the DN class, you're allowed to use two sails. So we generally, we have a, a full sail and a flat sail.
0: Right. But full sail is, is it, like a, if you put it on a straight mast, does it, does it look like a normal sail, like in terms of depths?
3: It's probably, it's still flatter than a yep. sail you guys would be used to look at. But more like a, probably a moth sail. Yep. something Like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Has anyone at, tried a wing, a hard wing or anything? The, yeah.
3: Yeah. Not, not so much in ice boats. There have been a few guys who've done it. Uh, in land sailors, you see a lot more of that out in the desert Mm. you know there's been talk about that in the skeeter class and why don't you guys use hard wings and i'd say there's a couple reasons one is cost well cost that's yeah that's probably number one number two is logistics to move the thing around set it up take it down even in between races when the boat's parked you have to just be careful that the thing doesn't take off on you Mm. You know, the, the, last, the last thing I always tell everybody is, we're going fast enough. We didn't. We don't need to uh, go the, any faster. I was about to say,
2: I don't think <laughs> you need to go faster. But uh, I mean, you know, you've got the uh, double luff sails of the America's Cup boats mm. now. I, I mean, I guess you're. Uh, you've got the re- a really, uh, really thin aero mast anyway. I mean, I, we, know yeah. a, we know that there's going to be. We know that there's going to be disturbance because you've got a you know 3D going to 2D, but. Right. Um, you're going fast enough and it's just, uh, its you know, the percentages, the drag is, you know, almost eradicated.
3: Yeah, this, the Skeeter rig, it's essentially a two-element wing because the, yeah. the the mass cord fore and aft is uh, like 300 millimeters. And then you have this high aspect sail behind it with a dozen full battens, but mm-hmm. the foot length is like two meters. Mm. Yeah.
2: Does that, uh, are, they ca- are they canned? Or just battens,
3: just like a normal sail? Uh, just normal battens. Mm.
2: Does that cord
0: depth on the mask count to sail error?
1: No. Oh. interesting. So just uh, in the meantime, boys, I've been on um, iceboat.org, buy and sell. I've come across a beauty. Oh, I've asked, hey, Skeeter, you want to beat JD, Yazo or Orlebeck? <laughs> <laughs> in the ISA, it's simple. Just write me a check. <laughs> How much? How much? Insanity is in mint condition. Oh, that is a that is a mint ride. Yeah. Right-o. Okay. Well, this is us. three yeah. sets of runners, carbon fiber stiffeners, three sales race ready. Take a guess.
2: Uh, Seventeen thousand US.
1: Fifty thousand. Oh, geez, we're oh, half a carton. century. We're a, yeah. few,
2: we're a few Bar Karate Lager. I must admit, short.
1: it looks like an absolute weapon.
2: All right. Well, let's whack a deposit uh, on that.
1: Yeah, all right. I'll write him that's a check.
2: It's a beautiful
3: boat. That is the package.
2: Yeah. Right, well, right. Whack, whack a deposit on that, Bicey, and we'll get over there. Uh, in, <laughs> well, I've got to be over there if I, if, uh, if I can in October.
1: So that leads us into the season.
0: We're all yeah. set. You, yeah. You'd have a good time, BP. Hey? Like no, you no. We're it. all there.
1: We're all going to be there. Yeah. So that's from Daniel in uh, New Jersey. Awesome. Wow. Do you, do you like the cold, Steve?
3: Yeah, yeah, growing up in it, I guess you're dumb enough to know any better.
2: <laughs> all, right. all right. So when you get to a regatta down the Caribbean, it's completely foreign to you. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, exactly. No, I, I I like winter. I don't mind winter at all.
0: Okay.
2: It's a different sort of thing when you're in the areas that it's always there. Whereas here, if we get a, a 9, 10-degree day, it's usually humid, you know, uh, yeah. It's usually humid, so it's got that extra chill factor. But uh, where you guys are, it's probably, you know,
1: the, like when you go to the snow, it's drier and it's a lot more. Bitter. Yeah, it
3: gets dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, um, fellas, in yeah. the interest of keeping an eye on time, we should probably leave um, the exciting stuff and move on to something a little less boring. Um, you've been keeping an eye on the cup, Steve? Yeah. You, uh, yeah. Over it this week. Obviously, uh, you're country's team has a bit on this coming week but um they'll be back out there soon what's your what's your um what's your thoughts
3: well first of all that was a pretty impressive crash i think
1: oh yeah oh.
3: yeah and there're actually some parallels to ice boating there right? i think the difference is when we go around a weather mark when it's windy the acceleration is much greater so we don't get you know caught with that Apparent wind coming aft like the I, I assume the apparent wind came aft, the rudder came out of the water and they lost steerage and that was the end of that.
2: Yeah, well they were probably yeah, exactly right, slowed down quite rapidly as they were sliding sideways and then yeah.
3: And that that too, and, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. uh pretty exciting stuff.
0: Do you so you yeah, I mean when you go around the top mark, just to bring it back to your ice boat slightly, but nice nice work there bossy, because that's what we needed to do with the transition, but when we go around that top mark, do you pump? Do you sheet much at all, or not? You
3: don't. But you don't. when you make, when you commit to make the turn, you don't stop. If you stop, yeah. half, you're going to flip over. Yeah, I, <laughs> okay. love it. I love it. I just you get love
0: that it. that suicide angle or the critical angle, like you get on on large cats, or you know that that same thing. 90 yep. degrees to 110 degrees, sort of thing, where you've got to be super switched on. That's still
2: like a skiff bear away. We, yeah. used, to, we, used, to, we used to make sure we were all, you know, into windward, and otherwise, mm. you're just not going to get away. Mm. You know, so, that we've all done then.
0: Um, obviously, with your role with Harkin, you probably hear you're, you're, you're involved with that team. Do you, you have you heard anything that you can share with us about how they're going to get back on the water?
3: I haven't actually, and we. You know we've got winches and things on the boat, but um, we we really haven't heard anything.
1: Mm-hmm. I on on that and to get a little bit technical, um, no main sheet on these boats, just a traveller. Is mm-hmm. that and is the runner? Is that a self uh, self contained winch, or how's how do they work?
3: You know, I honestly I don't know the answer to that, Nick. And that different boats might have different solutions. We did we have provided a lot of hydraulic cylinders for a lot of the sailing functions.
1: Ah oh, yeah, just be hydro, yeah, copy. Might might be, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. sure. Mm. And um, I'm not sure if this is public knowledge, but I'm sure probably not far off. I spoke to our friend Tyson Lamont or got a message from him but it's
2: about to be public knowledge.
1: Yeah, the, uh, basically the, the new part of the boat is going to be ready pretty much as this goes live, This uh, as this goes to air, this podcast. Yep. And they should be sailing late next week. So we'll see them back on the water for the for next weekend. So how the did they create
0: that part though, boss? Did, did, we, did you discuss that or not? Not I've exactly,
1: you- but I heard some between a few different sources, but a lot of the teams hucked in, especially Team New Zealand. And I believe that there is some sort of a collaboration with Team New Zealand and American Magic to Mm. build that new part. And whether that was in Team New Zealand's shop or what, I don't Mm. know exactly, but we might as well get it out there and say it's 100% true.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Because one of the rumours I heard was a story somebody tried to tell me was that they were going to cut the other boat, that midsection out where uh, where the foil arms join in. And just try and blend that in, which was they were just gonna try and split it down the guts and do it that way. And I thought, geez, that's
1: no nah, nah. I'm calling bullshit on that one.
0: Yeah, so am I. Like especially if you've got the tooling sitting there, you could just lay up the piece to slot in. It's it's not that difficult to do. It'd be a lot quicker, I would think, unless there's some serious damage to the the foil arm mounts, which we didn't think there was. But we don't know.
1: Yeah. Alright, cool. Um so and, who's uh, going to win the cup, Steve? Yeah, damn, he got me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> who's going to win the cup? Uh, well, we've we've worked a lot with Ineos, so I'll pick Ineos.
0: Whoa.
2: And uh, this time last week, what were we saying? Well, no, the week before, what were we saying? It's amazing <laughs> the turnaround, isn't it?
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's
2: incredible. But I, I I was having breakfast this morning and uh, with uh, with my mate and. Um, you know, you look at the turnaround of Ineos and it's it's well within the capabilities of any of these teams to just exactly. turn it on, right? You know, we sure, know that exactly. they're pulling pushing the 0.05 percenters yeah, up so exactly. hard. And if you look at the names on the boat, they are all been living in that realm for so long. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to write anyone off. I'm just going to just keep watching because it's, it's still fascinating.
0: I, I will say, okay. if, if you guys haven't jumped onto Facebook and looked at some of the questions people are posting on uh, America's Cup 2021, if you haven't actually read any of those questions, you're missing out on some entertainment because there are some <laughs> crazy questions being thrown. I'm out just there.
2: sick of people saying this is not sailing. No, 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 they're way past that,
0: BP. They're way past that. They're asking all sorts of stuff, and you're just going. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't want to be rude to anyone, but uh, and I won't name anything. But there's some questions there that are just insanely funny. You know, like. You, Go on, name one. No. I don't so, want to upset anyone. Back, <laughs> back
1: to a little bit of the tech stuff, yeah. Steve. Um, your involvement with be it INEOS or any of the other teams, um, from an engineer's point of view, are you working mm-hmm. with the hydraulic systems as well as everything else within Harkin? Mm-hmm. Or?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of hydraulics on INEOS. Uh, the, the, the manual part of it, the sailing hydraulics and the pumps and you know the, the oh. pedestal option stuff. But from a technical aspect, probably the most difficult thing we had to deal with with these boats was the traveler systems.
2: Yeah, it's oh, pretty okay. intricate, but I could say.
3: Yeah, our our tried and true, proven traveler designs just weren't up to the task. Is they? that
2: strength wise, or 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 uh, throw?
3: They're they're moving so fast, yeah, back and forth constantly. That you know, all our our traditional travelers have plastic roller them riding on aluminum tracks with aluminum cars. And those things just, they didn't didn't work at all. So we had a rapidly last year go back to the drawing board. And and what I think, I know three of the boats for sure are running titanium cars on titanium tracks with titanium rollers in between. Really, you know.
1: Mm, minimizing friction, yeah. The triple yeah. T, they call it, yeah. Oh, that's what
2: they call it. We've done
1: a bit of research um, on ourselves. Why, why didn't you create a monorail? Just create a big magnetic field coming out of it and the traveller can just sit on top of that? That would have worked we did, but They didn't
3: want to pay for that.
1: Well, <laughs> $38 million. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> bo-
2: <laughs> didn't bother the Sydney government. They did it here. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Actually... If you, you've done a lot of work for Enios, were you guys involved in any of the rebuild over Christmas? Have you got any inside goss? I know Ben's told everyone what's going on, but...
2: You know. I, I did see a really good video on this, but go on.
3: No, from a, from a gear perspective, no. I don't think they really made any
1: changes there. And I, just, saw, uh, I saw. I've got picture. one. Oh, sorry. Go. go on. I was just going
2: yeah. before we move away from that. I, I saw a fantastic uh, clip. I don't know if you guys saw it about the boom change uh, and what they did. Did you see that? No. Nah, okay. So go. before Look. Christmas, they had a quite a bendy boom that would pop through and create the shape in the bottom of the boat, in the bottom yeah. of the mainsail. Um, they went for a straighter boom, like an, uh, more just a more conventional boom and uh, changed the outhaul system which was a little bit of a stink that went on but um the they they put the two videos together of the two events and it is dramatic the improvement of first of all the uh, the response of the uh, the speed and they did did everything in at the same time, so they were doing jibes and of the old and new, and the timing which everyone was coming across. They did so much work that it is impressive to watch this video. I'll try and get hold of it and send it to you, but it uh, it was really really cool that even the timing of the uh, lifting of the old uh, old Keeley Forley thing out of the water, um, it was you know increased in speed, and it would and that's it shows the difference. So yeah. they I think they were down the wrong path with the with the bendy boom and. And came back in with this thing, and it it's increased their performance dramatically. Interesting. So,
1: so mm. my question, Steve, and um, I mean, this is again public knowledge, so feel free to say whatever you want. The the, <laughs> the um, grinder setup on Ineos being a thwart ship. So, I saw an interesting comment from Ian Walker, basically saying that each grinder can grind in the forwards position, so at maximum power, so they can get as maximum flow going. Um, which makes complete sense compared to other boats running fore and aft and someone's winding in the backwards position. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it a whole heap of rotary pumps set up or it's one big rotary pump or? um,
3: No, it's one on every pedestal, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and that essentially just creates maximum flow to control all the hydraulics you got on board, which... um, Mm. those calculations must be pretty good.
0: The other thing there, because of that, um, because the loads aren't changing because they are just creating flow of hydraulic fuel, they don't have to change the gearings, do they? So they they are always in that forward position. It's good thought. Very clever.
1: Yeah, well done on that, by the way, for bringing that up to Ineos, Steve. You've done well. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks.
2: Whereas two weeks ago, was a point of conjecture. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work doing it that way. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. I love it. Yeah. Uh, cool. uh, guys, I'm sorry. I'm still in ice boat mode. Oh, I can't right. get it out of my head. Well, go
0: up and have a go. If you've sold I'm one gr- of your X2s up there, mate, Like, just uh, put some put some runners
2: on it and send it up. Do- I love America's Cup. I love, I'm love. i loving it. But I've also just been – I've been. Mm. I've never really taken a close look at ice boating, and I've just done it this morning and yesterday. That's cool. All
0: right. Well, but um, – this is, uh, we, we won't publish this till Sunday night, a um, New Zealand time, so um, I'll probably throw a little update on what happened with the America's Cup on the weekend, but uh, for those two races that we've just seen, and what an amazing day of racing, wasn't it?
1: Oh, that was, <laughs> who would have guessed <laughs> that um, that would have happened?
0: <laughs> who would have guessed of course now we're moving on to the semi-final round and uh, as you we all know who's who's in first place and uh, who's going straight through to the final and of course our semi-final will be american magic in the other boat that you all know um starting on the 29th of january we've got the 29th 30th 31st and then the 2nd of feb mm-hmm. for that one so i can't wait for it i cannot absolutely wait but yeah, yeah amazing weekend of sailing we're so glad we got to see it <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're recording Friday night for the uh, Friday. those don't know. Um, all right. What about the Vondae? Vondae. Can we talk about the Vondae Globe? Because we are getting in by the time we record the next time, they should be finished. I reckon this. This will be when we publish. There'll be less than a week to the finish. Uh, anyone want to suggest who's going to win? Well,
1: I, I think I got my money on Charlie. But um, in saying that, old mate around the outside is just smoking along quite nicely.
0: Louis, Burton. um,
1: Louis, and he, uh, I saw the other day Charlie done three eighty miles. Louis's done four seventy, so definitely got the hammer down. I know um, Charlie's got a damaged bottom foil bearing, so not sure exactly what the limitations are. Um, and I got a bit of inside goss from from Guillaume Verdier during the week on that, so it'll be interesting once they finish to see the extent of the damage to understand what how that has affected both his and Tom O'Reilly's performance with his, his his issues. Also, it looks um,
0: once they get through uh, in the next day or two, they'll be onto predominantly onto Port job, so they'll be starboard faults in the water. Um, so. Yeah. So that shouldn't be a problem, from because both those fall damages are on the on their portfolios. So that'd be interesting.
1: And I'm guessing Steve Harkins obviously got a, quite a vested interest in the fleet as well. Um, Dude, do you have yeah, any personal favourites?
3: Not really. I mean, we have we have a ton of gear on on most of those boats, um, but just personally, it's been a fascinating race to watch, and really a great race. Agreed.
2: To watch. Agreed.
3: <laughs> and, and then the rest of it is going to be fascinating.
2: Absolutely. Our mate, Boris, has got up into third. I, yeah, honestly, me I haven't got, looked the last couple of days. Yep, That's fantastic,
0: yeah. That basically, there's a whole bunch of boats um, at the front and the ratings that you see on the website, uh, you know, it's based on distance on a straight line to the finish line. So you know, one might be out wider and might be going at better angles or better speed, doing better VMGs. So you know, basically, there's a pack of six or so boats that are right there um, with... Mm. That could win it. As this goes to air, uh, just from a weather perspective, I'm expecting a fairly large low to be coming off the coast, or it's actually two lows that should combine to come off the coast of the US. Um, and so there should be pretty solid winds and pretty solid swell around about when this is going to air. Um, but... Fairly favourable, so they'll be able to run downwind. But swell should be up around five metres, and they'll be able to run downwind into the finish uh, with plenty on. That mm. the question then is, with that amount of swell, will they actually be at full noise, or they'll be backing off? That's the the one thing that I don't know. Well, it's and
1: being of... so close to the finish, where do they, where do they draw the line? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And there imagine, will be a bit of imagine, jibing. Imagine blowing it apart in the last the yeah. last two days.
0: And there will be a bit of jibing required to sit into that sort of line of pressure. Um, so there would be a bit of a front coming across. It's, it's going to be
2: exciting. So what you're saying, Jay, is some fun to come.
0: Yeah, and they'll be smoking into space. the finish. Watch
2: this space, you yeah. see. Let's all get, get into it. Let's and
0: we've got all the time allowances, so there's, it could be any – I have no idea who's going to win, um, but it should be exciting. At the moment, though – our little mate, Louis, Louis Berton, is, he is just flying. He's got the best VMG by miles. Um, and he's, mm. he's, you know, he's uh, 62 mile back on from Charlie. So, and then Boris, uh, as yeah. we're recording Boris has this.
2: got a bit of time with his, uh, with his redress as mm. well, I'll they remember. Exciting times. Mm. Um,
0: all right, well, what about the Jules Verne boys?
1: Yes, another high-speed There's a bit of a theme here, isn't there? Yeah,
0: offshore high high speed
1: speed is what it's about. Um, I mean, that's absolute hammered out. And last time I saw, they were a couple of uh, hundred miles ahead. So they are in with a real shot. Um, Let's see what happens when they get deep south. Um, Yeah. If they can carry that on. On You've been keeping an eye on that at all, Steve? The Yeah,
3: absolutely. We've got the entire hydraulic system on that thing. Yeah,
1: it's a cool boat that We're one. Def- do you, do you look at
0: that and just yeah. go, "Wow"?
3: We're definitely watching that one close. Um, a lot of big sailing cylinders and uh, foil lifting cylinders and things, and all the valves and pumps and.
2: But Steve, I've got a question for you. Um, in that in this situation with that with that type of boat, and uh, are you permanently in touch with them? Are they are they Uh, or is it something they manage in-house with themselves once they've got themselves going or you, do you have uh, input or or contact with them during the time on the water?
3: Uh, During the time on the water, only if there's a problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's my point.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, one of my engineers um, did all the design work for their system and he knows it pretty well. So when they run into an issue, they'll, they'll definitely call him and get his input.
1: Yeah, I could I could just imagine the phone call. Can he speak French? <laughs> uh, bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> is that Wisconsin French? <laughs> yeah. Quebecian.
0: <laughs> um, so for those who are interested, it, it's the maxi Edmond de Lost Child, which is cruising around. She's 11 days, 23 hours as we record this. So when it goes to air, it's probably going to be 14 days. Um, mm. As we record, she's about 880 nautical miles Ahead of the record So the record is 40 days 23 hours 30 minutes 30 seconds Uh, And yeah (laughs) She's underway So if you want to look it up You can follow on Jatana-team.com And if you speak English Slash EN um, Which is what I use But yeah um, Very cool
2: Don't you speak French I thought you spoke French You always always try to Yeah
0: Yeah Yeah, (laughs) Enough to get myself
3: slapped we, we, we. I think in their in their latest video they talk about they're they're really going fast, but they say they could be going a lot faster, and the, and the challenge is to find the right speed. Mm. <laughs> mm.
2: Well, we've always said that that uh, you know that the whole thing is to to stay in touch with that uh, opportunity of beating the record, which they're doing, but actually getting to the finish line is the key, and uh, that's the right. exciting part of this type of racing. They're not racing anyone else except themselves, and the temptation to send it. I think uh, uh, Sean Langman said that last last week as well. He said we could have gone faster and we could have had a helicopter and a you know footage out here. We could have broken all sorts of records, but we had to try and finish. And as he said that, they broke the boat.
1: Right, <laughs> the boat instead of a record.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, would
0: have you done any offshore stuff like that, Steve? Is that something you're interested in?
3: Um. Yeah, I, I've. I've done a transatlantic a long time ago, so I've I've been on the ocean a little bit, uh, and I'm supposed to do the transpac race in this on this pac fifty two next summer if the race happens. Be cool. So, no, I, what's the, I, I uh, what's the a,
1: just? What's the actual vibes on all that at the moment? Sailing in the U.S. with the current, uh,
3: it, it's all up in the air. It's all yeah. up in the air. We're, we're supposed to do the Cabo race in uh, next month, um, but we just found out now to fly back into the U.S. You have to get the COVID test tests within seventy two hours of flying home. So we'd be and stuck then quarantine.
1: Mexico, it trying you got to get have COVID the uh, yeah, no, nah, sure.
0: So, so for Australia, just so you know, Steve, just to let you know, if you want to come into Australia, um, uh, you've got to do a uh, you got to do a test before you get on the plane and be all clear. Mm-hmm. Then you get tested when you get off the plane, and then you go into a hard lockdown for two weeks where you they put you in a hotel room. You've got to pay for it. You go into a hotel room. Uh, they open the door and you step into that door, and you don't get your key card, You cannot come out. You can't open the windows. Um, and you're in there for two weeks, and that's right. and that's how they monitor it. Uh, and if you want, they send food to the front door, and you pick it up. No one actually talks to you or does anything with you. Go on, BP. Uh,
2: did you see the news this morning from our Queensland, your Queensland Premier? No, not yet. Not uh, Dunk busy. Island has been uh, uh, they're looking at uh, putting Dunk Island as a uh, as a quarantine hotel oh. because it is abandoned, so Should it's not f- going to be all bad. No, that's a glamour. <laughs> You can Dunk Island it. Steve is on, in our Wit Sunday group, which is send a uh,
1: few Mari uh, cats over. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. it's, it's it's
2: nice. Dunk Island Tropical is in our Paradise. Group,
1: which is our Caribbean. Got white <laughs> so they, bicycling. They've, so they've,
2: they've said they're going to uh open reopen the resort up. Uh, there's uh it's all there, and you can go and stay on Dunk Island for two weeks.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. It's just mm-hmm. off
2: Mission Beach where there's plenty of sailing happens, plenty
0: of dinghy sailing happens up there. It's uh, it's a glamour spot. Well, there you go. We're gonna get inundated.
2: Um <laughs> Well, so only by Odies because it probably hasn't it's probably you know we're trying to trying to get it get the odddies in first so make that happen well let's let's talk
0: about the, let's roll on to that because sale GP have announced their yes season
2: two uh, that's up <laughs> and about and it starts in 90 days I know. I was with Tom the other day actually and uh, he's uh, he's pretty keen to get uh, get cracking but uh, I'm a bit disappointed in the, the lack of Australian event well um, I don't know. If obviously, obviously, we're doing it for a reason. But so
0: Let me tell everyone, just so you know. There's eight legs. Starts in Bermuda, April twenty fourth and fifth, twenty uh, fifth. Then to Italy, June. Uh, then to the UK in or Great Britain, depending on which islands you want to count into that. So that's in July. Then to Denmark in August. Then to France in September. Spain in October. New Zealand in January. And then the United States of um, America in March 22. So That's a
2: lot of time in a hotel on your own.
0: That's what I'm trying to work out. How are they going to do that? Because you Ooh. can't even get into New Zealand at the moment, not if, if unless you're a local. So they must... Let, let Steve, I'll just sort of explain. So Bicy and I have a project called the World Yacht Rally we're trying to work on where we have a, a global cruise where people go all around the world and we provide support for them uh, at a much higher level than, say, the ARC. It's trying to take the experience that we provided for the race teams in the, the Volvo and put it into the cruising world. And we we do risk management assessment all the time um, based on what risk we're ready to do and when we want to start the thing up because it was due to go uh, November last year and we canned it based on COVID. And yeah. we, we talk every two weeks and debate when we're going to pull the trigger and fire it back up. Um, and we're, we still think we're at least a year away before we announce. So does anyone think, I mean.
1: I think we- the, the biggest thing I, issue I see with the uh, SAIL GP, sure, all the regattas are there and they can go ahead, but you still need crew. Mm. And uh, as far as a crew is concerned, you're going to go and, If you, as an Australian citizen, you're going to go to all of these regattas, and then when you come home, you quarantine. So out of the and let's say that quarantine sticks around for at least six of those regattas, that's three months of quarantining after each regatta.
2: And it's not like you're going to sort of uh, you know you're going to some hotspots there. And whether you can get a flight,
1: yeah,
0: there's not many flights coming into Australia at the moment. Um, So, so.
2: Uh, I mean, it's...
1: Watch this space. No, I think it is a
2: bit of that. I think what they're doing is exactly what we did last year uh, along the lines of just putting it into place and seeing what happens and obviously having the ability to pull the pin.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it's human nature to try and be optimistic and say, oh, you know, by next summer uh, or next winter, it'll all be gone. But it's reality is it's going to be a while yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: crazy times. But look, if if it gets up, we're going to be mad proponents. Uh, are you a fan of it, Steve? SailGP.
3: SailGP. Yeah, sure. I think I think those boats are cool.
1: Yep. Yep. I Thank heard um, basically in the foyer at Harken there, and in the you got the big screen set up, so you're running pretty much every single regatta that's on around the world, which is just situated next to the Karate Sailors Lager vending machine, which is about to be installed.
3: <laughs> that's right. We actually have a beer. We have a beer machine in the lobby. We we could rebrand it for you guys. That Absolutely. is a discussion that is well, happening.
2: Apparently, <laughs> apparently, the contract's already been signed, so you don't yeah. need to worry about that. It'll be there and, and all for you. <laughs> um.
0: All right. Well. So that's cool. So we're all fans. We we're keen for it to get going. Um. I know hearing from a bunch of the skippers from the different uh, teams, are all fired up. Seeing lots mm-hmm. of responses from there. So. If it gets up yep. and going and it's safe and everyone can make it happen, it's going to be great given all the stress that we're seeing in Australia just for the tennis in Victoria. I don't know how the hell we're going to make it, it's going to happen. But we're, we're behind you guys 100%, Soul GP organisers. Obviously, the Barcarati Barge, if we can safely put it in your course and, and have guests there, we'll do that for you.
1: Um, it's not hard shipping a three-meter tinny around. I'll be able to chuck her <laughs> in, in the container. <laughs>
0: Yeah and that's it. Um, i got one last thing I do want to just mention, and uh, uh, I sort of alluded it to in our little Etchel special we did it y- uh, yesterday, or oh, midweek this week. Um, a bloke called Ryan Finn is going to go and hmm. Ryan Finn. he's going to sail his boat from New York to San Francisco. Um, now obviously, there's a lot of land between New York and San Francisco, so the way he gets there is to sail down around Cape Horn and back up to San Fran. It's a record. Um, it's, the record's about 80 days currently. And he's setting off, as we record this right now, um, in a proa. <laughs> a proa? In a proa. To break yeah. the record. Um, Steve's look of disgust is just... Yeah. <laughs> um, just um, jokes. Steve, would you <laughs> sail around uh, the American continents in a proa?
3: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you would? No problem. No, <laughs> I don't think so. But it, wow.
0: It is
1: crazy. So, as I said um, – I hope he doesn't have to tack. Well, let's, how does – I mean, he's a – It's he's, like a three-point turn, tacking in a proa. It is, isn't
0: it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. If you want to follow him and give him, wish him luck, it's Two Oceans, One Rock – is just Google that, uh, look it up on Facebook, Two Oceans One Rock. Um, and yeah, he's, he's off to head around and. Uh, well, he's obviously done something
2: right, Jay. He's got your attention.
0: Oh, uh, no. Remember, BP, we just called out, we, we try and promote everything. And I like, yeah, I know. What I, know. I like about this mm-hmm. is it's something different. And I like stuff that's different. You know, like we can't just all sit there and do the same thing over and over again. I think it's, our sport's got to be fun. Um, and I love people that try the different things off. I think I can, I'm happy to say they look. it looks ridiculous, but more power <laughs> to him. Prove him, prove me, prove me the idiot, you know. I, I mean, uh, growing up, sailing in Orma, I kind of, remember I grew up in New Guinea, everything's Ormas up there, you know, so all the little sailing boats that we used to, the natives used to zoom around on were Ormas, so... Mm. So
2: yeah, the little, the little Moana boats. Yes. Yeah, my so. daughter my daughter practically learned how to sail from watching Moana. And and <laughs> is Steve, is there an Orma ice boat?
3: Well, they're they're all kind of like that, right? Because Yeah, I was gonna
2: say they're almost
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah but they're, just, they're all like catamarans, kind of.
0: Just chop oh uh, chop one of your, your I mean, could you be faster if you chopped one of your skates off? What do you call That's them? a good Swap?
2: question. That's a really good question. Right, I, right. I alluded to that earlier. Yeah. Is it faster to with two two skates on the ground?
3: Well, in reality, when there's any breeze at all, the, the windward skate is really just kind of floating along anyway. It's not it's hardly touching. Mm.
0: Mm. Well.
1: All uh-huh. right. Oh that was well, a best, question. Best of luck to Finn <laughs> anyway, in his uh pro- <laughs> Taking on the uh, New York City to San Francisco. Yeah, that's crazy. And we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Crazy.
2: With Cape Horn in, in. And New he York. goes around the, the,
0: the horn the wrong way. Yep. So yeah. it'll be oh, tough. It even gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, well, he's COVID's hit his income stream, I think. So he's just got nothing to do. So off he's gone. Good on him. That's what I reckon. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that's Good us. Fun. Yeah. That's us
1: um steve thanks for joining us on bar karate and um, it, it was it. yeah i'm um, just yeah, blows my mind and it continues to do so and i'll be keeping a bit more of an eye on it for sure. oh, oh, me too
2: me too i think we oh. should definitely uh definitely uh follow that uh, event that's coming yeah. up in the next couple of weeks let's yeah. do that steve if we could uh, hook up with you for that that'll be cool yeah, even, yeah if for did, sure. even if we did something from the event i reckon that'll be cool too right yeah um, let's do that
0: yeah that'd and, be good in all honesty, if we're ever in town and it's cold and there's ice out, we uh, we would love. I'm I'm a hundred percent hands up for a uh, go. And, um, and
2: thanks for the advice that it's not
1: lycra and it is spandex because of, I don't. Have you got a coffin for a five foot ten bloke with a seven foot eight head? <laughs> <laughs> it's, get, it's getting bigger. <laughs>
2: well, the big thing's the helmet. I mean, you know. Because you can't carry your helmet on an airplane. It's got, to be a, it's got to be a custom helmet everywhere you go.
0: You know what I like about you two, blokes? Uh,
2: nothing. Nothing.
3: <laughs> no,
2: yeah. So, uh, cue the music. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, thanks, Steve. Awesome. I loved it. I really enjoyed it.
3: Yeah. Happy to do it. No problem. Oh. All right. Let's be in touch. See you later, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.